Hey, this is Mitch from Huntington Beach, California, Surf City, USA. And I'd rather get attacked by sharks than listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Alright, coming at you, well not really live, but coming at you from the temporary world headquarters of the I Doubt It Studios in the lovely, beautiful Spokane, Washington. I am your host, Jesse Dolomore, and sitting across from me, begrudgingly and shitty as always, the lovely... Brittany Page. Usually you're much more positive than that. Well, it's hard to be positive when I have such a hateful co-host. Mm-hmm, I can imagine. This trip, while wonderful, mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult to travel with you. Yeah. Because you're, you're a hateful, hateful person. No, none of this is true. <laughs> Start giving some examples. There's no examples. You're awesome, as always. I know. So, today is going to be a, maybe a little bit different. Because we're using our old equipment when we first started the show, and so far so good, but you know, we're only a minute and 30 seconds in, so we'll see how this goes. So let me set the stage a little bit for you. Sausage, Brett. Sausage. Sausage. Uh, We are sitting around, we were going to do this poolside today, and that didn't work out because too much fun (laughs) was being had to burden ourselves with our silly little show (laughs) so so instead we are sitting around the dinner table the dining room table of my best friend brett number one who happens to be right here yep that's me i'm the guy that got canceled early on (laughs) (laughs) and with his lovely wife lisa hello so they may chime in they may not i'm hoping so but we will see what happens so far, the trip has been great, all jokes aside. Yes. We spent a couple days in my hometown of Orofino, Idaho. Yes, very beautiful place. Population 3,000. Not a lot going on. Attended a high school graduation, which went very well. Yes. In a 110 degree gymnasium. Uh, but other than that, good. Very beautiful. I put some pictures on, on, uh, on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. So now we are finishing up the the second leg of the trip. We were going to go to Seattle. That's not going to happen. But we are in Spokane for the duration and also beautiful. Not quite as beautiful because there's more people here. And when more people are involved, Liberty Lake. it's typically, oh, it's Liberty Lake, I'm being told. Yeah. Not Spokane. Yeah. <laughs> there's a difference. And actually, there is a difference. This is not Spokanistan proper. This is an outlying suburb where people have money, and people who have money generally are better people. That's I think everybody agrees with that. <laughs> isn't, that isn't that right? Yeah, don't drag me into this. Yeah. I have no opinion Clearly, on that. Clearly, rich people are better than mm, poor people. Okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't have more money. If poor people were better than rich people, they would have money. <laughs> Right. This is lo- rock-solid logic. I don't know why I'm getting these looks from around the table. Science. <laughs> so anyway, it's, uh, it's, it is beautiful out here. It is. We're a few miles from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is notorious for racists. 
and beauty. Well, let's talk hand about in hand. let's talk about how small your hometown is, Orofino. There's not a Starbucks. There is no McDonald's. Well, let's put it this way: there's not a stoplight in the town. That is also yeah. accurate. There used to be a stoplight, and a logging truck was too tall and tore it down, and they just. Eh, we'll just put up a four-way stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't need that anymore. That just seemed to be chaos. Yeah. That stop sign. Yeah. That stop light. It was a sign. Yeah, so now it's just a sign. They can't bother themselves with the technology involved with a stoplight. So to, to begin today, I, I want to talk a little bit about something that's that's happening on Facebook a lot that we're seeing, and that is this weird comparison thing that's going on on memes and in the wake of the Caitlyn Jenner situation where people have obviously called and attributed to her hero status. Bravery. Yeah, she's brave. It's a, it's a brave stance and, and coming out has been, um, I don't know about hero, but it's, it is certainly brave. There is an element of bravery to it. And in the wake of it, there's all these memes of, well, you call this brave? What about these soldiers over here? Right. This is real bravery. Right. And I I don't understand the compulsion to have to compare the two things. They are they couldn't be more distinctly different and there's no need to make the comparison. Right. And I found a funny tweet today and this woman tweeted, doctor giving a kid a shot. You're being so brave right now. Person slams door open, but not as brave as these soldiers. <laughs> And that just is the argument that people are using. Yes. Well, it's it's these people who are unable to compartmentalize things. It's everything's on the... You can't be... It, it's like we were talking earlier. It's certainly employing a logical fallacy. Um, but it's also like in politics. You know, these, these, these issues over here. Well, you know, what about the economy? That's important too. Well, they're cl you can be concerned about multiple things at one time. Right. You, you don't have to hone in on one thing, and that's the only thing that matters. Right. I've often heard people, when talking about gay marriage, say, well, you know, gay marriage isn't the most important issue. The economy is. So I don't think we should worry about gay marriage right now. And it's like, well, I think we can right. worry about multiple issues. Well, I think that's possible. On that, I mean, if that were to be said, and I, I might just puke on someone, but... If that were to be said, I think people are more important than money. So, yes, gay marriage is a more important issue than the economy or than financial squaring away of uh, getting our, our financial house in order as a country. Right. Wait, people are more important than money? Yeah, well, you know. No. Crazy, right? Yeah, please. <laughs> Not for Mike Huckabee. <laughs> so, I just, I guess I want to admonish the audience to fucking lay off the stupid memes about the heroes and the Navy SEALs and, oh, these guys, this is the real hero. They can both do something heroic. There's not one form of, of heroism. Right. Fuck it. doesn't diminish the other. It's a straw man argument. Absolutely. I was just told, off mic, which is really good for an audio podcast. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one does, one does not diminish the other. It's a straw man argument. Again, another logical fallacy. So stop doing that because it's dumb. But the good part is that it's fodder for awesome, hilarious tweets like that lady. Right. That lady. <laughs> so something to check out before we move on with the, the guts of the show, as it were. 
Um, I, I guess, am going to be a regular on the Nerd Out Loud podcast with Jeremy and Christy. I'm going to be, whether it be a weekly or a bi-weekly segment, kind of talking about the news. So if you don't get enough of my stupid voice here, you can go to Nerd Out Loud, subscribe and download and listen to the podcasts that I'm on, or all of them maybe. <laughs> if, if you feel up to it. But certainly, if I don't know who these people are that would not already have enough of my stupidity, but there's more out there if you want it. Just go to nerdoutloudpod.com. The other thing is we'd like to thank our newest, latest Patreon patron, Marius. He's actually our first, I don't know why it sounds negative to say foreigner, but he's the first person <laughs> who's not an American. That's not even true. We have somebody from Thailand that right, gets to right, the show. Right, right, right. So yeah. stop lying. So I guess Marius is fucking second place. Way to go, Marius. <laughs> <laughs> you should have jumped on the... Sheet. You should have jumped on the contribution bandwagon way long, way before. Yes. I'm a little disappointed, in fact. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> he should have stepped up earlier. Yeah. Scandinavians just racing to be second place. Well, I'm really shooting myself right in the fucking foot right now, huh? But the, the point is, thank you, Marius, for being the latest patron yes, on Patreon. Absolutely. Greatest fucking name in the world. Marius, yeah, I don't want to drop the last name, but I'm sure it could be figured out by internet stalkers. But thank you very much. Listen, we appreciate it. And if you appreciate what we do here on the show <laughs> and you want to give via Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore and they walk you through it. It's You can give, apparently there's a fly. There's a there is a demon fly. <laughs> I'm so scared of it right now. It's just a house fly. Calm down. It's landed on my it head twice, teeth. and it's heavy. I'm positive I saw teeth. You don't know how much red that I'm looking at right now on the screen, because it's clipping. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just really, it's heavy. It's a heavy bug. It's large. All right, that seems to be taken care of now. Like I said, if you appreciate what we do here on the show, and you'd like to also donate, you can set a monthly maximum. It's per podcast. 25 50 cents a dollar 25 dollars whatever you can spare is great every little bit goes a long way towards supporting your favorite show filled with news news and ridiculous comment a little bit of follow-up as we always do at the top of the show and we're not going to cover this for long because i'm getting tired of talking about admitted child molester josh ducker recently megan kelly sat down with his parents and I guess hash things out and left, left the audience with more questions than answers. And then she also sat down with his two sisters, who happened to be two of his four related victims. It's sad. You know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a travesty that they've been raised in this brainwashed environment where they don't consider thels, themselves victims. And they also don't consider him a child Molester. Right. So during the interview with Megan Kelly, Jessa is one of the sisters that, right. that he molested and Jill as well. So Jessa, during the interview, said, I do want to speak up in his defense against people who are calling him a child molester or a pedophile or a rapist. Some people are saying. I'm like, that is so overboard and a lie, really. I mean, people get mad at me for saying that, but I can say this because I was one of the victims. So she's saying I can defend him because I was one of his victims. Right. Well, it doesn't... Listen, the fact that he abused 
you doesn't take away from the fact that he is an abuser. He right. is a child molester by fucking definition. Right. Well, if she's calling herself a victim, then what is she a victim of? Yeah, she's yeah. a victim of what? That is being a, molested. Exactly he right. He molested you. He's a fucking child molester. <laughs> right. Like I said, by definition of the word, he molested you. Right. Whether and it so, was under the clothes or over the clothes, whatever, it was unwanted physical touching by someone who was, fought, well, in this case, not far older, but certainly with the other sister, because it was confirmed a couple episodes ago, I was getting the stink eye from Brittany across the table as I was saying that I, I don't know, but I just have this feeling in my head that one of the victims was five or six years old. Well, it comes out. That is exactly right. I love being right almost as much as my best friend, Brett, number one. Right. And it comes, it shined true. Okay. One well, of the victims was five years old. So Jesse, the prognosticator, mm, was exactly right. Okay. Well. You heard it here first, right here, folks, on I Doubt It With Dollamore. My speculation, sheer speculation, was absolutely correct. Okay. So first of all, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Second of all. Slow you, clap, golf claps all around. Thanks. Okay. Folks. Second of all, you, the reason you were getting the stink eye, I'd like to explain myself, is because you were giving information that we hadn't confirmed yet. So it hadn't been confirmed that she was five years old at the time of the molestation. That's right. And you were just guessing that and it turned out to be correct. And it's kind of like these people that are against GMOs, if some time in the future the science changes and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 10 years ago, see, I thought they were dangerous, so I was right, because that's what science says now. That's also why we're all laughing, because it's clearly a fucking joke. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I take this very seriously. <laughs> right. So, yeah, clearly I I wasn't, I, it had no information to base it on. I was just, you know, it, and plus, it's far creepier that he's molesting someone with one digit in their age. I mean, look, if he's molesting someone who's a year younger or two years younger, it's still a 12-year-old, and he's 15 years old. He's 15. He's able to make babies. He's one year away from graduating high school. He graduated at 16 and started his fucking car dealership or whatever. He's... He's practically an adult. Well, here's another thing to Brett's point about the victims is that during the interview, they admitted that their parents put locks on their doors and would no longer let the kids be alone. And so they put the girls in girls' rooms and then the boys in boys' rooms and had locks on the doors. Sounds what, like a fire hazard, what, fire code. <laughs> what were they protecting their daughters from, though? Right. If there was, you know, I just don't understand. Not being molested. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they weren't molested, because he's not a child molester, then what? why were there locks on the doors? I'm confused. So so that's that's the, I, I don't know. that. Is there anything else, Brittany, that you'd like to talk about related to the topic? I'm getting tired of it, it but it's important and it needs to be talked about because they are trying as a family to strategically place this into the realm of we're being prosecuted or we're, be I'm sorry, we're being persecuted by the mainstream media. They're trying to shift blame from their molester son, their abusive molester son to the media. And it's, you know, and I won't stand for it, Brittany Page. <laughs> right, right.
Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely overhearing about it as well, except for the fact that people are still defending him, and, and I think that's sick. And so I think that the more information that comes out um, – it's helpful to kind of win over hearts and minds, I guess, to see, yeah, this is an abusive person. This is someone we shouldn't be supporting and stop defending him. You know, one of the arguments that we talked about is someone that was saying, well, maybe they maybe they were close in age, so then it was okay. Well, we know that's not true now. So hopefully everyone who thought that has now changed their mind when they learned that the, one of the girls was five years old. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen. We have seen an outpouring of support for Josh Duggar. Obviously, we've talked about it on the show. But I think it's becoming less popular to do so. We have seen support for Mike Huckabee disintegrate before our very eyes because of the fact that he jumped headlong into supporting the family. So, you know, it's if you want to tread on that ice, you're going to fall through. Right. So, moving on. How about that? Rife Badawi... The atheist blogger, I, w- I don't even know if I would consider him an atheist bot blogger more than a, a secular blogger. Right. Who, who, who wrote a lot about reforms in Saudi Arabia trying to shift the country in a direction of progress and human rights, you know, against their human rights violation and all of the, the wacky executions and all the crazy shit that they do. Right. For four years, he ran the liberal Saudi network, which incorporated which encouraged online debate and religious and political issues. Right. So he was found guilty of... Insulting Islam through electronic channels. Right. Which is, you know, that's clearly... It's a, a problem. ...very dangerous thing he's doing. And he was sentenced to, I think, 19 years in prison and a 1,000 lashes, which are to be doled out 50 lashes at a time every Friday. 10 years in prison. 10 years in prison. 10 years in prison. Okay, 10 years. So, obviously, a ridiculous and harsh sentence. The first 50 of his lashes were, were, were carried out in, in a public open square where there were hundreds of people watching this take place. And his doctors, the physicians that he's seen, they have said that if this is to continue, he probably will not survive just based on the, the trauma to his skin and to his system that his body won't take it. So, recently... The appeal that was trying to be put forth uh, in his name was rejected by the Saudi Ministry of Justice or whatever the hell they're calling it over there. So uh, bad news. However, they are still there's a tweet out there from Ali Rizvi that you could find that he wants retweeted. The tweet from Ali Rizvi is Mr. President of the United States, to defeat ISIS ideology, please put pressure on Saudi Arabia to stop the imprisonment and lashing of my friend, blogger Raif Badawi. That's right. He, so he's tweeting. It's a tweet to the new POTUS, at POTUS account, on Twitter. What, what we'll do is we'll put, the, we'll put the tweet on the Facebook page. And I would, listen, I would encourage all of our listeners to retweet it because it's important. I don't know what kind of what kind of uh, pressure can be put on Saudi Arabia because they really they clearly do whatever the fuck they want to do. That is obvious, yes. But it's very important. So go and do that. What this leads us to, this is so just if it wasn't so goddamn sad, it would be hilarious. Is that Saudi Arabia right now 
in the wake of this Rife Badawi situation, and in the wake of them recently putting out a job posting, an advertisement for eight new executioners, because, because apparently they've retired the others or something, and we're not talking about someone who injects you know lethal doses of drugs after they've been anesthetized. We're talking about beheading swordsmen. They want people to cut off the heads of other human beings as a as a measure of ju- justice, right? Of legitimate judicial punishment. It's not archaic at Jesus all. Jesus Christ. So Saudi Arabia is seeking to lead the United Nations Human Rights Council, right? As laughable. As that is. Right. They're planning to make a bid to head the United Nations Human Rights Council. And this year, it has already put 85 people to death in what has been branded by Amnesty International as a macabre spike from the 87 people it killed in total last year. So it's June, and they've already killed 85 people. Right. Which, I'm sure some of them are murderers, but they're also punishing with extreme force... People who write blogs. Rife Badawi was not uh, a violent man. He didn't harm anybody. He didn't steal anyone's property. He wrote words on a website on the internet. And now he's being lashed within an inch of his life a thousand times while being in prison for ten years. A decade because of words he wrote. For encouraging discussion on religious and political matters. For doing what we do here. For trying to move the conversation forward. It's terrifying. He, he's put in prison for a decade and corporally punished. Right. So UN Watch, a nonprofit human rights group that monitors the international body, disclosed this information that Saudi Arabia's intentions are to become the head of the United Nations Human Rights Council, and they are advocating the United States to fight against it. it sickening. I, I, I mean, there's... It, it leaves me in a state of not having words. It's 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 disconcerting. So that this and this is a country, Saudi Arabia, that is a close ally of the United States, and not just Republican administrations, Democrat administrations. Right. So when the UN Watch is urging the United States to fight against this, is the United States going to fight against this? Can the United States fight against this? Yes, we we certainly can. We're we've leveled crippling sanctions against Russia. In the wake of this Ukraine-Crimea situation, and that is a major country. They are on the, the, the five seats of the UN Security Council, and we're fucking with them. Why can we not exert co- constant economic pressure on Saudi Arabia? This is one reason why energy independence of the United States is a big deal, and not just for the United States, but for the world. For the entire planet, if because if the United States is able to to get uh, Saudi Arabia to, to fix themselves, to unfuck themselves, as I like to say, it would help the entire planet. And we're only going to be able to do that if we're energy independent, because they hold the, the, the puppet strings for the fact that they are the largest oil producer on the planet, I believe. I don't, I don't know if that's completely factual, because I know there's other players, but... They certainly, they hold a lot of sway over the policies of OPEC, and it's a bummer that we, we are weak and oftentimes impotent, and this covers all political parties when dealing with the scourge 
that is Saudi Arabia. Speaking of scourges, that was a good one. Real good. Uh, Glenn Beck on his show is talking about uh, these these doomsday weirdos and this this melancholy, melodramatic, weird shit that they talk about. He's warning that there are 10,000 pastors right now who are willing to die because of the marriage equality issue and because of the persecution that they claim they are having to face as Christians. Because they're so intent on oppressing people that they're willing to die? That's right. It's so important to them to be able to discriminate against other human beings based solely on the fact that they were born gay and want to love and marry like the rest of the world that they're willing to die for it, Brittany. It's very important to them. I'm real confused. Right. So on his show recently... Which, by the way, I had no idea The Blaze was like a real cable network. Oh, yeah. Like, on TV. I knew, I, I knew it was on, like, the internet. Like, TheBlaze.tv, and you could watch it streaming like a YouTube channel. No, it's official. It's a real... We were in our hotel room in Orofino, and I'm scrolling through the news channels, and you, you got CNN, you got MSNBC, you got CNBC, and there's fucking Glenn Beck's mug, The Blaze, and all of its crying glory... Was he crying at the time? No, but you know, it's... Yeah, I wouldn't have been It surprised. wasn't even him on. It was that Buck Sexton guy. Oh, right. But it's just like a bunch of radio shows that are just broadcast on TV. So on his show, he's talking to some other Christian nutter, and this is what they had to say. The number in the Black Robe Regiment is about 70,000 now. Wow. The, uh, the number that I think will walk through a wall of fire you know, and possible death is anywhere between 17 and 10,000. That's an extraordinary number of people that are willing to lay it all down on the table and go to jail or go to death because they serve God and not man. Um, Jim is one of those men. Use some language here a moment ago, Glenn, that, that, that the uninitiated won't understand. Willing to walk through the wall of fire and possibly death. That's what you just said. And that's honestly where we are. I spoke to a group of about 350 pastors one time at Samford, not Stanford, but Samford University down in Alabama. And uh, behind me in, in the wall was a niche, was a, was a, a bust of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I said to the pastors, stop telling stories and illustrations about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and be willing to be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And we've come to that moment. You have wisely said what you did a few moments ago based upon an accurate reading of the cultural landscape. And people like you and me, and, and, and thank God many others, are, are digging in very deeply and laying the, the, the benchmark of where we're going to stand on these issues. Now the time is right. And you're going to start to see these very bold pastors. Like I said, I think there's 10,000 of them. And that may sound like a small number, but I want you to know that Dietrich Bonhoeffer got two. We have 10,000. The actual number that David thinks that will walk to their death is 17,000. I'm being pessimistic and saying there's 10. But you're going to see these 10 to 20,000 pastors begin to stand up and say, it doesn't matter if I lose my church. 
It doesn't matter if I lose my building. It doesn't matter if I lose my life. I will not sit down. If you don't have a pastor like that, you need to find one. Is that supposed to scare us? Nutter butter. Absolute crazy people are thinking like this. And I have two things on this. One is, I don't really believe there are 10,000 pastors who are willing to die for this issue because I really honestly believe a lot of these guys are just hucksters and charlatans who are in it for the fat stacks of cash and the tax-free bullshit that they get from the government. So these men aren't going to be marching to their deaths over gay marriage. Or through a wall of fire. Where, where is there a wall of fire? <laughs> They're all over. What You don't see walls of fire everywhere, Brittany? Never all seen one. Gay, all the gay creates walls of fire everywhere. That's right. It's Apparently. Gay fire. <laughs> Super gay fire. <laughs> You've heard the, the, you know, the, 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 the turn of phrase about the, the fire licking. It kind of licks at. Yeah, that's. That's a gay thing. Yeah. Okay. A lot of licking going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know anything about gays? They lick. Yeah, a lot like of licking fire. and fire. Okay, I'm disturbed. And so he- and probably hellfire too. Okay, but what I don't what I don't understand about what Glenn Beck is saying is are we supposed to care? Are we supposed to be fearful of this? Okay, so there's people that are willing to die because of gay marriage. What what does this mean? I, what I, are we supposed to feel when we hear this other than okay, I sorry about how you feel I well don't... my only admonition would be something along the lines of well can you get to it then march a little fucking faster if there's going to be ten thousand bigots who are no longer with us this is an inter- this is an interesting thing because you were in a discussion with someone recently where they are a libertarian and yeah. you were discussing gay marriage and you said you know these social issues like gay marriage are very important and would you Kind of. No, I said I said it's going to be the death of the Republican Party. We're already hear, hearing the death knells that 58% of millennial Republicans, that is Republicans. We've talked about this on the show. 58% of millennial Republicans are supportive of gay marriage. Right. Not tolerate gay marriage, but they support gay marriage. This is the new wing. And if the Republican Party in, as in its current form doesn't stand up and doesn't change their ways, we are looking at 500 years of democratic rule. We are looking at the Obama administration part du, toi, I can't count much farther than that. It's going to be a lot of Democrats as president. Try it in Spanish. Because the rest, be, yeah, because you speak a lot, of, a lot of Spanish. Dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, mm-hmm. siete. Mm-hmm. And? Ocho. Nueve, diez, and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is, they're either going to evolve, or they're going to go the way of the dodo. They're going to die. Right. And well, so you said this to this person that you were talking to, and what did they say? Well, their response was, "Okay, I'm willing to live under Democrat rule forever, if it means not compromising on what I believe." Yes. And that's that is fucking outrageous and bizarre to me because as a political entity, the Republican Party wants to win elections. That's what they're there for. It's winning elections over anything else because we've seen not just with Republicans, but also with the Democrats, 
that it, it means more to them to win elections than it does to govern with integrity and truth to what they actually believe as, a, as, a, as an organization. For instance, the, the, the Republicans, they're all small government until George W. Bush is there and creates deficit after deficit after deficit year, and they don't balance the budget. So the Republican Party is going to have to, they're going to have to find their soul and find their voice, and it's going to have to be done quickly. Otherwise, there's going to be a shift with this new generation. We've talked about a couple episodes ago that the, the danger in a Republican winning this t- time around it's not looking good for them because of the fact that they've lost more old people who voted for Mitt Romney than Obama lost to death. Right. Just through attrition, Republicans are dying off faster than Democrats. Right. So th- this again, once again, if you're a Republican operative listening to the sound of my stupid voice, you need to do something or you're going to see... A thousand years of Democrats living in the White House, and you're never going to have your seat at the party. Now, you just said that Republicans are dying faster than Democrats, and I just want to kind of... Well, according to that, those numbers... That, right, that's, that's that was just an estimate, and he compared yeah. those that voted for Mitt Romney versus those that voted for Obama. I'm just saying, for your protection, for anyone that may listen to that and then say... Excuse me? Right, right. What's going on with Jesse D? Well, I would just say, go back and listen to the rest of the shows that you missed... Because one, we like loyal listeners who listen to every second of me droning on. Because obviously, according to uh, the last bumper, the lady who left the the voicemail, you know, I remind her of Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. Well, speaking of gay marriage, Patrick Stewart, or should I say, Sir Patrick Stewart? Yeah, why is that? It's because he was knighted, because they still have a thing in Britain where they knight people. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking the court of Camelot or something. Jesus Christ. It's 2015, everybody. Get your shit together. So he was being interviewed, and they talked about an issue that happened in Ireland, very similar to the things that are happening here relative to the gay cake, the shops who don't want to do business with gays. And he had actually a pretty shocking opinion on the matter. You know where that it's end. so interesting you say that. I want to test you. Let me test you with another one, because there was this cake, uh, this argument about a gay cake in Northern Ireland. Did you oh, yes, this? I followed that, yes. Who has yes. the right there? The couple who say we want you to put yes to gay marriage on the cake, or the people who have to make, bake the cake who say we yeah. don't want to put that on the yeah. cake? Because yeah. human rights doesn't in the way, in the end, answer that, does it? You could say well, I, either side has the right. You can't yeah, you, you've actually picked, I think, a deliciously um, uh, difficult subject. Because finally, I found myself on the side of the bakers. Did you? And that one, the bakers. Yes. It was not because this was a gay couple that they objected. It was not because that they were going to be celebrating some kind of um, uh, marriage or agreement between them. It was the actual words on the cake that they objected to. And because they found them offensive. And I would support their rights to say, no, this is personally offensive to my beliefs. I will not do it. But I feel bad for them that it costs them 600 quid or whatever. Yeah. Here's, this is awesome because it really, it shows to me that one, Patrick Stewart, who is a guy that I like a lot, that he's a free thinker. He's really open-minded about things even with which he disagrees strongly because I agree with him. 
I think that there is something to be said for when language is involved and there are the, the, there, these words are spreading a message that they do have the right to not put that message on on their cake. If it's just making a cake, just just a cake going to the the the, the gay the gay wedding or just a cake going to the KKK rally. Right. Make the cake, shut your mouth, there's not a message on it. But if 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 they had to write we hate the gays like that Josh Feuerstein tried to do. Right. That's a problem. And when language is involved, I think that they do have the right because the freedom of speech is not just the right to th- say things. It's also the right to not say things. And you're communicating ideas with the words on the cake. And I think they have every right to not do that. Right. So good for him. And like I said, a little shocked that he didn't because one of his best friends is Ian McKellen. Who is gay. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing that he is smart, open minded. We all should aspire to be as critical a thinker as as Sir Ian or uh, Sir uh, he's 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 fucking Captain Picard that's all all you need to know he's Captain Picard <laughs> that's it done so he's, he's not is he Sir Captain Picard or just no, regular he's old Captain, Captain Picard done Captain he's awesome obviously yeah so good for him that's great well and I think that the distinction needs to be made that it is the message versus discriminating against the entire group of people, like you said. That's right. And I think a lot of times people are mixing the two together. And when Joshua Furstein or whatever his name is called and said, I want a cake that says we do not support gay marriage. Right. Again, that's language. Okay. Well, you're asking my business to write that message and then that's going to be tied to my business. I can't do that. But with, you know, when a couple comes in and they say, Oh, we want a wedding cake for our beautiful wedding day. And they say, well, you're gay. So I can't do that. That's completely different. That's right. That's exactly right. So it's, it's, it's akin to, it's not even akin to, it's exactly like the Kentucky case that we talked about with the t-shirt company that refused to make t-shirts with a message on them supporting the gay pride March. And I'm, I was okay with that, that the judge ruled that way. Because it's just, it's a language thing. It is a free speech thing. Right. It's not, the, well, you're allowing them to discriminate. It's, if, they, if, the gay, if the gay pride people came in and said they just wanted rainbow shirts, and that's something that they sold, then they have to do that because it's a public accommodation issue. If it's a message, you know, that's different. I think I'm repeating myself a thousand times here. So let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about something that I never talk about on the show. Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are tricky today. Listen, if you're not in a position you'd like, where you'd like to go to Patreon and support us that way, there's an easy way. If you're going to spend your money at Amazon anyway, why don't you get there via dollamore.com? On the left-hand side of the page, there is a search bar through which you can get to Amazon to buy your books, to buy your Father's Day gifts. That's coming up, I guess. (laughs) And like I said before, every little bit goes a long way. And if you're going to spend your money anywhere, anyway, you're not going to spend any more than you normally would. If you're making the choice to shop there, why not do it through our affiliate link? Because it helps us out a great deal. And supports your favorite show. Filled with news. News. Wow, we're getting that in. That's good. 
A lot of it. So it appears that they may have a break in a, I, w- I was going to say generations long, but I'm sure it's probably millennial long, silence, code of silence at the Vatican with some of the higher ups that are starting to speak out and it's become a problem. External experts brought in by Pope Francis to help tackle the tiny city-state's ills are answering the papal call for openness and infuriating some Holy See stalwarts in the process. Over the past few months, members of the Pope's Commission for Child Protection, handpicked by Pope Francis to help root out sex abuse in the Catholic Church, have publicly attacked a cardinal and a bishop publicly Mm. attacked him. The cardinal in question is the Vatican's finance chief, George Pale, who was accused by Commissioner Peter Sanders of being, quote, almost sociopathic and covering up abuse and trying to buy the silence of at least one victim. Wow. So rather than, you know, usually they try to keep all this on the DL. As the the kids are saying. Right. And that is not happening right now. Yeah. They They are talking about names. They are going after people. Well, listen, I've been very slow to give any praise whatsoever to the likes of our current occupant of the Vatican. The our? Holy, the, well, the human race, you know. Okay. Uh, Pope Francis. But I will be the first. I'm still critical, and I think a lot of it is for show. But if something does happen where they are able to root out this pernicious, terrible problem of the systematic cover-up, of the rape and brutal torture of ch- young children by people in authority, priests, then that'll be a good thing. It's sorely, sorely needed. And I don't know if it's uh, a culture change on the part of Pope Francis that he's actually able to have that kind of effect on you know a 2,000-year-old organization, but if that's the case, then more power to him. The jury's out here. Jesse Dallimore has not decided on how he feels. That's official. That is real official. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, listen, this is going to be a little bit of an abbreviated show because there's lots of poker to be played here. There's lots of whiskey and delicious wine to be drank, and there's a lot of good fellowship to be had with all of my loved ones. And I'm not going to sit here and have them watch me run my mouth without actually communicating with me back. So... We're going to wrap it up with also, this. Also, Lisa, Lisa is having to play Bejeweled Blitz <laughs> while we're doing this, and no one likes playing Bejeweled Blitz. <laughs> so we need to get to getting so that she doesn't have to do that anymore, okay? Yeah, we're saving, we're saving Lisa, the <laughs> lovely Lisa. Really, Bejeweled Blitz, huh? Is this so fucking boring and terrible <laughs> that you're sitting there playing Bejeweled Blitz? <laughs> it's, is it just that great? It's my game. I guess so. <laughs> Fuck the show, you guys, huh? She's you... waiting. For, she's waiting for the religious roundup to start. <laughs> you guys are beautiful and wonderful. Listen, I, this has been fun. for those of you who don't, who are new to the podcast and haven't listened to probably the first uh, ten or fifteen episodes. We started. This is funny. We started. There was a segment on the first. I don't know how many. I think it's ten. But we had a segment every other episode or so that was called the religious roundup, and it featured. My best friend of all time, my life, of over 20 years, almost 25 years, Brett number one. And we had a theme song for it with the fucking, yee, what to do, kind of a, it was awesome. Anyway, but it, it didn't, it didn't 
fit kind of the theme that the show was becoming because we didn't really know what we were doing when we started. We didn't know what direction we wanted to go. But if you would like to listen to those episodes, just search Religious Roundup on the website and you should be able to find them. I, they were great. They for sure were great. But I decided, you know, Brett just, he was getting a little too high horsey and I needed to bring him down a few notches. So I fired him <laughs> via email. <laughs> sent me an email and in the subject line it said you're canceled <laughs> wow your friendship and i got fucking canceled in the subject line that is right hateful i am a dirty prick so we are going to end the show a little early today but we're going to leave you with as we always try to do with some feel good news Brittany. A Staten Island plumber who won $136 million in the lottery says he wants to keep working. They always say they're going to keep working. That is complete bullshit. But he also plans to, quote, relax a little more. (laughs) So he'll keep plumbing, but he also wants to relax. Because, by the way, being a plumber is terrible work. You got to really love having your, your, your elbow up into shit in a clogged toilet or drain. You got to, that's, I mean, that's some terrible shit, but didn't he, the great part of the story I think is that didn't he share half of the winnings with his son? Yeah. So the cash value of the ticket came to 88.5 million. The father decided to share his winnings with his son split 70, 30. So dad gets a net lump sum of 38.6 million after required withholdings and son gets 16.5 million. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's something to be said for the father-son bond or family, but when money gets involved, a lot of times it's a different story. You know, they say that when these people, their lives turn to shit when they earn this, when they win this kind of money, because all this, hey, I'm your second cousin removed twice from the aunt Marbertha. Eh, all these people that you don't know right. come out of the woodwork and their family and they need, need, need. Aunt, Aunt Myrtle wanting a leg up right. all of a so sudden. I could very easily see a father and son dividing. And this is, you know, I don't know if it's brought them closer, but it's certainly a, a good thing that he's, he's uh, splitting his winnings. It's right on. Right. Well, and I think in some states you can remain anonymous and that would be awesome. Yeah. If you could win the lottery and then not have to have your name disclosed. So you could just secretly have all that money. That's what I did. I stayed completely anonymous when I mu- won my hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. It would take a lot more than $38 million for me to stop rooting in people's shit. <laughs> no way I'm fucking You just stop love doing it. That. You love oh, it too much. Oh my God. I yeah. love oh, yeah. dirty. You actually had to clean a, a clogged toilet last night. I've cleaned two of them in the last two days. Thanks, Cornell boys. <laughs> <laughs> little little shout out for you, everybody. Good times had by all. Well, listen, we love you. We appreciate you listening. We say it every time and it doesn't get any less true. I'm going to continue with the vacation. I'm going to have a good time. We're going to get back to California better for, for the time we've taken off. Well rested. Maybe a little hungover as it's turning out. But... Certainly ready to, to tackle some episodes. We want to hear from you. I haven't dropped the number one time. 657-464-7609. That is our number. If you'd like to talk to us, if you'd like to sound off on any of these topics. As always, if you are voicemail averse, you can leave. You can email us a voice memo from your smartphone at idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you're listening to the sound of my voice and you haven't rated and reviewed us on iTunes, you're failing 
in your duty as a listener. And if you have a family who has now split their accounts into several iTunes accounts, <laughs> then you need to individually rate and review us with a very snappy, creative way of letting us know that you love the show and it would make me very, very happy. I know that sounds a little specific, it's but really I'm just assuming specific. that that's happened somewhere. Yeah. This seems like a personal no, problem. No, no. I'm just generally talking about that. Okay, generally. It just... I know it sounds specific. Yeah, but it's not. But it's just a general statement that there there might be a family out there that Possibly. that has recently happened to. Yeah. So thanks. We appreciate you. As always, for Brittany Page, this is Jesse Dollimore, and this has been... I doubt it. My game. I guess so. (laughs) 